Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. How's the weekend? Good. Fantastic. Good. Are you kidding me? How's your weekend? Good. And it was good for uh, Anthony Richardson and some other top prospects at the NFL Combine. Not so good for the Bulls. Pretty good for the Sixers. Good for the Knicks. It was good for Kitayama, the golfer. It was. You know, I was watching some of that. What a leaderboard yesterday. That's I one mean, of those big money events. Well, yeah. I guess you know you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of the top players in the world because they're drawing them there with the lure of bigger purses. And we saw thank some you, fabulous Norman. stuff. Thank you, Phil Mickelson. Did you hear? Thank you yet? I, I don't. They, yeah. I, I don't. They, no, they don't need to say thank no. You. Thank you. So are you sure? I'm because positive. the PJ had that money. They kept it back there in the bank. They never wanted to pay the were players. Were they hoarding it all? Is that what they, they were, were doing? They were hoarding it. That's the complaints from a bunch of the guys that left. Well, it was, Why are you hoarding the money? Yes, yes, it yes. It was a good leaderboard, man. It made uh, TV2 for a little while there because it was exciting stuff. Uh, NBA was all over TV1, and that was good. But we start with the NFL Combine. Let's do it. And we start with the Bears having this prized possession. We, we talked about this at uh, considerable length. I don't know if it was Thursday of last week. When, when, there was one day where we spent, I feel like, a good portion of the show talking about, like, are we totally misreading the situation and the Bears aren't going to have as much uh, or aren't going to have as many teams or as many suitors trying to wow them for that first overall pick? I, it is, it, I feel like we're going to be on this roller coaster for the next few weeks because we still have a considerable amount of time between now in the draft. So maybe we'll just have to buckle up and continue to ride this, these ups and downs. But like today's a big up for me, like huge. When you read Ryan Poles talking with Peter King and you read some of those quotes and he very easily could just be playing games. You, Peter, you won't believe the phone calls I'm getting. Like he could totally be BSing. Three teams. To, I talk yes. To. Three, three teams. That's what I he said. To. Already it's been three teams and if you're going to believe Ryan Poles, he truly thinks that the Bears at some point are going to be wowed and are going to be gifted a pretty awesome amount of draft capital to move out of that number one spot, which appears to be their intention. Two lengthy articles that I read this morning on this. One from Peter King, one from Brad Biggs. One note I found interesting in Brad Biggs's column is that if there were a slam dunk number one NFL, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, slam dunk number one quarterback prospect like Trevor Lawrence, like Joe Burrow. Bigsy hinted that the Bears would be drafting a quarterback, which I thought was interesting. And he even said, he goes, this is going to piss off all the Justin Field fans out there. But he almost made it sound like, make no mistake, if there was a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow, right. the Bears would be drafting a quarterback this at isn't number a draft. one. This isn't a draft but it's one not. of those. But is it because, it's not is a draft it, is one it of those. because then be, there are so many that might be number one? And there are those that are going to fall in love with one of the individuals that are out there. They all might be jockeying for position and trying to figure out who's doing what. And we're getting nothing but disinformation from all teams. Yeah, from all who, parties. Yeah, from all parties. We're getting it from Ryan Poles. All parties. And from- <laughs> I'm getting it from all parties yeah. right now. I know, I know. But I'm still, I still read Peter King's Football Morning in America, and I was like getting that euphoric rush of 
what is it? Your endorphins, adrenaline, whatever yeah, it and is. Endorphins. A, like and all indre- those adrenaline. things. Yes. I was like, oh, this is awesome. The Bears are going to load up with picks and they're going to get the two this year and a two next year and a number one and a three in the year. After. And I got all excited. I highlighted a bunch of stuff, as you could see. I went nuts with the highlighter. Yeah, yeah, I was I getting all listen, giddy. I, Look at this. Said, yeah. I, went not, I went crazy. Well, you got yellow all over that thing. Right? This is from Football Morning in America. Polls spoke briefly but urgently in 50 minutes. He was supportive of Justin Fields saying, we've got to see it through in terms of giving Fields a chance to be the team's long-term starter. It's clear he's not trading Fields, and he's not picking a quarterback high in this draft. He left little doubt that the Bears will trade the first overall pick and said he's spoken to three teams at the Combine about a deal. He wouldn't identify them. He said he had enough conversations about a deal to know in swapping first-round picks this year. He can get a 24-1 and a 25-1 and a major package for a trade. So that is, again, swapping out the picks with some team, still picking high in the draft. Right. A 2024 first-rounder and a 2025 first-rounder. So first-rounders. Correct. However far down he goes in this year's draft, Poles wants to be sure he gets a quote-unquote blue player his term for a premier first rounder. And there may only be six or eight of those when the Bears are done setting up their board before the draft. We talked about those colors last week, how teams will do yeah, that. Their yes. player, pro personnel and their college uh, players that they're looking at. Without disclosing many specifics about the process, it's clear that Polls has enough info to think a trade could come long before the first round kicks off April 27th. And making it now would require a huge price. Quote, should we do it before free agency or should we wait? Polls said, I don't know. That's what I've communicated to teams. I could carry this all the way until we're on the clock. But then there's teams that want some certainty because if I need a quarterback bad, should I do that now when some of these guys like Derek Carr are out there? And this was a conversation from the weekend, folks. Derek Carr's no longer out there. Right. He's signing with the Saints. But you get Polls' point. Yes. To me, they've got to go so much more above to do it now. I'm not greedy with it, but they're going to have to go above and beyond to close the door now. Close quote. That's from Ryan Poles. This continues as Peter King writes about the Bears in the first pick. He wrote down like a group of suitors, Yerk, in different categories. The right. aggressors. The Indianapolis Colts. This is Peter King, though. This is Peter. This yeah, is yeah. Peter King's This talk. is Peter now all speculating, right. all right? Like the aggressors. Right. The Colts, obviously. Different starting quarterback, five years in a row. Haven't won a playoff game in the last four seasons. Ballard's under the gun, and he knows it. Other aggressors. Carolina. The owner, David Tepper, has made it clear internally. Listen to this. Internally. David Tepper has made it clear internally. On the inside. He wants a long-term answer at quarterback, and he wants it now. Now. Indianapolis wouldn't have to trade as much as Carolina because it'd be moving up three spots. The Panthers might be willing to overpay relative to the Colts. And if the Bears have enough blue players on the board to ensure that they get one picking nine, I could see them taking a deal like that. What would it look like? Maybe Chicago trading from 1 to 9, getting first-round picks in 24 and 25, and extra second- and third-round picks over the next two drafts. I'm told it's entirely possible that cooler heads will prevail in Carolina, but we'll see, meaning some will get to David Tepper and say, slow your roll, trust us, Don't get we crazy. don't want to give up that much capital. Yep. But I'd love to hear that Peter King is hearing that the owner internally is saying, 
I want a quarterback now. That is a massive move down to nine. Yes, I mean, and who are your players? It looks like Skaronsky, the tackle, is going to be a guard in the NFL. You've That's already done Mel that with saying, Jenkins, right? but I don't mind getting tackles and they end up as guards. If they can't play tackle, you end them up as guards. But I'm getting nothing but tackles. But are you okay with that when you're drafting a guy no. in the top ten? No. I, I see you're, with Jenkins, he was I a second-round pick. So take somebody later on and then move them into the guard position. Who is the yeah. kid from Iowa, York, um, that they moved? Robert Gallery, remember? Yes. Buster is a tackle. Buster is a tackle. Played a lot of years Played as a guard. a lot of years on the inside. Finished with Carolina, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. You might be right about that. He was a, he was an no. Oakland pick. Wasn't right. he the second pick of the draft? Yes, he was. Like, you can never really say, oh, what a pick, right? right? Because he went and played guard, and that, that you kind of smiled a little bit because he was a better guard than he was a tackle. So you don't yeah. want that. No. It's one thing when Tevin Jenkins does it, a second-round right. pick. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yes. So I wouldn't mind that, but yeah, then at that point, I think you're looking at receiver. If you've got a, a, a blue player, mm-hmm. I like the way you say that, Garmin. A blue player. A, a, a blue guy. That's Poles' terminology yeah. for that. For an elite guy, and if there's only six of those in the draft, those are the guys that you believe are going to be Hall of Famers. So does that mean There's you can't go? There's going to end up being more blue players in this draft. Right. There will be. There, that's true. But you're just trying to figure out who they are before you go into this thing. I'll offer Kansas. He's going to end up being a blue player. You believe that? Yeah, I believe that. I trust And you might be eyes. able to get him later. You might be able to get him a little bit Boy, later. That'd be, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, if he's one of those six and where you think he slots yeah. and, like, how far down the board can you go and you'll walk away saying... We got ourselves a blue player. We got ourselves a, a difference maker for and the next now, eight years. Now what you get, too, is the, the, the field. What's happening on the field supports what he does at the Combine. Oh God. So what he's yeah, doing on the field Jesus. supports what he's doing at the Combine. Well, tell me about it. Yes. You're not kidding. Yes. Some guys just blew it away this weekend. Now, again, the Eurico always says these. all this is is the Underwear Olympics, so be careful. We know they're great athletes. Yes. And they get better and better. We know it. I mean, they, they are superb, phenomenal, young, strong, vibrant athletes. Yes. And that's all this really is. You've got to go and you got to ultimately look at that tape. Go ahead. No, I'm well, I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm sorry. No, I was shifting. Like, like it, you were shifting. I mean, it is, like, phenomenal to watch some of the athletic accomplishment of these guys. And, yes, Cansey did nothing to hurt his stock. Anthony did, Richardson did nothing but to... Uh, raise his. I mean, did you see some of the stuff this weekend? I can play yeah. a few highlights. Yes, a broad jump of 10 9, and here he is running a 40 yard dash, and oh my goodness. <laughs> it is full <laughs> Moses Malone. Uh, 4 4 4. I mean, they're just in awe. Oh my goodness gracious. That's a quarterback. <laughs> that was Rich Eisen when he did the broad jump. Oh my goodness gracious. That's a quarterback. At the well, quarterback. He saw his the, vertical, too. In his vertical, Yurko was, and I don't have sound of that. Because so his highest, there's not much inches. sound in a vertical. You no, know? I know. It's a guy well, jumping from a static there's position. There's not much sound in any of it, except, right. their, except their reactions. The reactions to it, but yeah. But all they put on the NFL's page was the slow-mo video, yeah. so you didn't have Eisen's reaction to it. But, like, it's, it's, it's the they're highest, marveling at him. Highest high jump for a quarterback. Uh, the, the greatest broad jump for a quarterback. Four 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 is obviously an impressive time. Yes. No gray area there. And now you've got to throw the ball. And then he threw it a little bit. But again, he's throwing it in his underwear with no pass rush and a receiver just running a go route down the right sideline. But, you know, hey, show him the arm, right? Like necessary roughness. And the kid flexes. Yeah. No, no. Throw a pass. I mean, the kid is a specimen. Anthony Richardson. Here we go. Matt Landers going deep. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. He was, 
He threw that from the nine-yard line, and it landed on the 30. Yeah, he turned that one over like a punt. Tons of air. That's from the 10. Look at that. That's a beautiful on the 30. Beautiful deep ball. My gosh. That was a 60-yard throw. Let's see if we can do it one more time from the 10. That's... I mean, of course the kid has an arm, but again, like, what am I, what am I gleaning from that? When he drops back and he, yeah, of course he can throw it. Uncle Rico could well, throw it a quarter mile. Well, that listen, didn't really matter. When tells you that he's got done. some arm strength. He's That's what it tells you he's got. He's got an arm. He's got an arm strength. But the best part of it is that he blew it up over the That's weekend. Rich Eisen seems to be his agent. He, I mean, are they with the same people? Are they with the same people? <laughs> I don't know. You're I mean, wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's a quarterback. I love oh, it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's a quarterback. But it is awesome. You were wowed by him. Every highlight I saw, you couldn't help but go, God. And it's the best thing to happen for the Bears is that he went out there and just blew the whole thing to right. smithereens. And then so. hopefully Bryce Young does what Bryce Young needs to do. Yeah, his I don't pro think day. there needs to be a crystal clear number one. I think a jockeying for number one and people not knowing whether their guy is going to slide or not. I mean, if Will Levis is the quarterback you want, you're not coming up to, to get him. Probably not. You're not right? coming up to get him. Because it seems like Young and Rich, the, what Richardson has done here. Like, that's what's going to be the move. Even C.J. Stroud had a good weekend, and I'll read you what Mel Kuyper wrote about C.J. Stroud. The quarterbacks showed out, boys. Stetson Bennett. Now, of course, Stetson Bennett's not going in the top ten. I get that. But they all did pretty well. Stetson Bennett had a good weekend. He ran well. I mean, he was like four, six, seven. He did other good things in the individual what, throwing what drills. The, what were the final measurables on Bryce Young? Um, I'll tell you what. I'll give those to you when we come back. It's an excellent call, Yurko. I'll tell you how tall and how much he weighed. He did not do any of the drills. He's saving that for Alabama's pro day. If you want to join us to talk about the weekend a little bit, um, if you heard us reading or you read yourself, Peter King's Football Morning in America and his lengthy conversation with Ryan Poles, how you feel about that now? Are, are you like me where maybe it's silly, but I couldn't help but just feel that rush of endor- like those endorphins kind of going nuts as I was sitting down reading it this morning. I'm I, I'm excited about the prospects of what the Bears can accumulate for their chest here, their war chest of draft capital. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the phone number. Lots from the re, uh, from the weekend that we will spend the afternoon reacting to. Crosstalk a little bit later with Waddle and Sylvie. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at. Yurko 64. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Oh. Talking about the combine from the weekend. Yurko asked before the break, all right, so what did he measure at? It was 5, 10, and 1 eighth inches, I believe. And 200. What did I do? Ask? And four pounds. Yeah, thank you, Yurko. 200 204 pounds. 5'10 and 1 eighth and Five, 204. 101. But he's basically going to play. His playing weight will never be, they don't think, north of 200. That's right. the thing. Right. Because the wear, and tear, the wear yeah. and tear of the season, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, most guys, when they go in at the beginning of training camp, is the heaviest they are during the year. Right. And then they start beating it, eight shot of eight, you know themselves, and then they just try to maintain what they have. Mm-hmm. It's hard maintaining muscle during the course of a football season. Yeah, right. Any, That's the uh, challenge. That's season. What you're trying to do. Yes. Uh, Your guys have to be strong enough and not beat up enough to be able to go into the weight room and flourish. Right. 
when they're beat up and they can't get in there, then that's when the strength and the weight starts coming down. I think bit. he was about the same size vertically as Murray. A few mm-hmm. pounds lighter, but Murray looks stockier and thicker, doesn't he? But even Kyler Murray's had trouble. You know, uh, I mean, I think that the, the some of the concerns are, are, the, are the exact same. And right. I don't know, like, I know they paid him in Arizona, but is anybody totally convinced that You've got your franchise game changer that can navigate, you know, potentially 20 games of an NFL have they, season Have for they you? already made their decision on Kyler Murray? Has Kyler Murray already been paid? Yeah, he got paid last offseason, yeah. remember? Yes, yeah. after a weird offseason. You'll find out. One coach has already been claimed. So we'll find yeah, out how many coaches true. get claimed before they figure out that he might not be their quarterback. But it's difficult. I mean, listen, only one Kyler's team... missed games in each of the last two years, too. Only, it is important only to one team wins the Super Bowl a year. That's true. Only one team does that. Only one team is, is, is 100% happy at the end of the year. So is Buffalo happy with Josh Allen? Yes. Okay, you'd say yes. I'd say yes. Cincinnati happy with Joe Burrow? Absolutely. Okay, so there's three teams that are happy with their quarterbacks, including Kansas City. I'd say there's... You say Justin Herbert? Yeah. They're happy in San Diego with Justin Herbert. Jayville? Jave, oh, yeah. Well, they're on the come. Yeah. So Jayville's on the come. Five. Right, there's five. Uh, are they happy with Tua? I'd say yes, but who the hell knows because of the concussion thing. I think it's real, and it's serious, and That's it has to answer their mind. I, I think I'd say yes. Jalen Hurts in Philly, I'd say yes. So we've got seven. I tried to stay in the AFC for an extended oh, period of time until okay. we're finished. Gotcha. So are we done with Lawrence and done with Tua then? And then at that point, everybody's not happy with their quarterback. Uh, Cleveland's happy because they've committed. Yeah, this Whether right. they like it or not, they've got no choice but to be happy. They'll be happy for the next four years until they're not happy again. Okay, that's seven in the AFC alone. But that's the quarterback dominant three, conference. Three, by the way, in the West. Yes, correct. How, how many out of the Central? Lamar Jackson. Wherever Lamar Jackson. He, what is going on wherever he in lands, Baltimore? Wherever he lands, I would say the team would tell you yes. So that's yeah. eight. It's all AFC, York. Yeah. And then you get to the NFC. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Like, if Rodgers stays in Green Bay, I'd say... You'd say Aaron Rodgers. On a year-to-year basis, they're happy with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, San Francisco. No. Well, they don't well, have a quarterback. They, they got they got well, they Brock got Purdy. How about that? Brock Purdy. I got it correct. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's leaving. Yes. They don't know what they have in Trey Lance. They have no idea what they have in Trey Lance. Yeah. So that's a question mark. That's a no. Uh, the Rams, are they happy with the... With, with, with the quarterback that won the Super Bowl for him and Matthew Stafford. Not happy with Leonard Floyd. Told Allen Robinson he can seek a trade. Yeah, Allen Robinson is going to go out and go, what's right. happened to A-Rob, man? Well, you knew I love A-Rob. Listen, what the heck's happened? It was all going to come to roost at some point. God. Poor guy. Just looking to we play with one to good quarterback. General manager Les Snead, and he said, you know, we thought we'd go for it. You, got, you went for it. You won. Congratulations. Last year was a disaster. Now you've got to start... You know, cutting heads. That's whether you like it or not. That's what's got to happen. I what's how, how bad the last two seasons for A. Rob have been, man. Yeah, man, that's been bad for uh, uh, Al Robinson, I mean, they, Leonard like, Floyd. They said if you don't, if we can't get a trade for you, and Leonard uh, Floyd, statistically, statistically, if you take a look at him, I think he's had thirty sacks in the last three years. Mm, that that might be. I, I'm telling you, yeah. and he's had some TFLs. Well, it's nice when you play with that guy, right? Know. But the cap number on him is too big this year, and they want to get out of it. You imagine a guy with 30 sacks just being told, hey, no, we don't right. want you? You're right, Eric. He's got 30 sacks. 30 sacks, right? Do you imagine a team with a player that's got 30 sacks in three years looking at this guy and saying, oh, well, we could definitely play without him? Well, because they know, I think, right? 
like you've always said. But, I mean, he puts stats up, right? He's a stat guy. I mean, in their minds, they can replace those 30 sacks as long as Aaron Donald's on the field. With somebody that might at this point be younger be and cheaper. Younger than and Leonard cheaper. Floyd. That's, Leonard Ford's that's probably already. that's probably what he's a victim of. That's younger and cheaper. Younger and cheaper. Younger and cheaper. Not that he's not good, but he's but younger and cheaper. Most teams, and it's not like he's getting paid twenty million a year. Most teams, most teams, Carm, would be willing to have a player giving them an average of ten sacks a year over three years. They they did love to have it. But yeah. for one reason or another, he'll be out there and he'll be available. Give Leonard credit, man. He's played all these years. You I know, just, his first couple years. I'm the guy that knew his stats, right? You knew right away. I knew his stats. Guys played a full season in five straight years. I've been following him. Yeah. He showed up. He's there every single day, yep. right? Yes, played a full season in five straight okay. years. I gave it to you. Was he a disappointing first-round draft yes. choice for the Chicago Bears? Yes. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, he was. And he's got. He's closing in on 50 career sacks. Dak Prescott. Yes. Dak Prescott. Yes. But barely. Clinging. I like Dak probably more than most. I'd say yes. What happens to Ezekiel? Please. Gone. Do the New York Giants keep... Oh, well, Daniel Jones. We've got to talk about the next $45 million quarterback. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. I don't know, York. I'd say no. Is he their guy? Uh, I don't know. Make Saquon available. I guess we'll find out. I think that like you're reaching the point where... You're sort. I mean, look. I think the Bears are happy with Justin Fields. We have to Fields, go to Kirk Cousins. Remember their Kirk Cousins, twelve and five. What were they? Thirteen and four. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Stafford. Stafford and Kirk Cousins. You could kind of go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like golf. Well, the quarterback power is in the AFC. Yeah, tr- clearly, it's all in the AFC. Uh, Jim's in Crystal Lake on ESPN One Thousand. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Beautiful day. Um, so I'm hearing all these teams looking for quarterbacks all, all around. Uh, they were talking about it in Greeny and, and earlier today. How come I'm not hearing anybody talk about Tampa Bay? I mean, Tom Brady just retired, and I'm not hearing anybody that looking Tampa Bay is looking for a quarterback and who they're looking at or anything like that. That's my question. They're way down picking 19th, so they're in a much tougher spot to try to get one of these guys. Jim, thanks. Who's their quarterback? I mean, who would be their starter right now? I can't even think of who it would be. With Brady gone, who was I, the backup? I, I don't know. Maybe Garoppolo's a good place oh, for Tampa. Yeah, I like Garoppolo's an interesting choice. I mean, when you're picking 19th, and we're anticipating four quarterbacks going in the top 10, like, does Tampa have what it takes to get inside there? They, they've got zero, they want they got to? zero power to move up. Zero. It, does it, it, seems, it, it seems incredibly seems unlikely. It seems very unlikely that they're going to be able to move up and do anything. And so they're looking for a quarterback, I guess, Jim, in the free agent market. Garoppolo is interesting. I mean, that's the direction I would head if I was Tampa. Yeah. Can't be worse than what Tom Brady gave you last year. Well, I mean, Brady still gave them. I mean, he wasn't the same. Let's face it. It was a weird, right. bizarre as year. Long like, as statistically, he was good. As long but... as you're willing to admit he wasn't the same quarterback. Yes, absolutely. Then you're all right. Then absolutely. I think we're speaking the same language. Okay, though. fair enough. I would admit that. Yes. Okay. Kurtz and Wilmette. Hey, Kurt. Hey, guys. Uh, question for you. When... When a team is evaluating draft talent, um, you know, that's like Ted Glad, like this kid from Alabama. How do you know he's any good as opposed to he's just surrounded by all the greatest players, the greatest receivers, the greatest blockers? You know, how, how do they make that determination? Yeah, see who stands out on the tape, I guess. I'll let Yurko answer it, but that's why he says always go to the tape. Like, how do you know yeah. Will Anderson isn't a product of just playing with other great players? Well, those other guys are probably more the product of 
flashing and showing out because they played with Will Anderson, I think I would say. I mean, the tape would probably not lie, right? Productivity is what you're looking for. Yeah. The production. You know, in those key situations, third and six, what's he doing? What's he looking at? How does he get off the ball? How does he engage a blocker? How does he discard a blocker? Is he one of these guys that can't engage with a big offensive tackle and has to use his guile, which is fine. You've had guys that don't necessarily have to overpower tackles, be able to get around tackles. So it's the technique he utilizes and his effectiveness when he's on the field and what makes him one of the best. And he's playing against the best. Alabama does not play a soft schedule. Well, they've got about four games under schedule. Makes you scratch your head. But the other eight are tougher than nails. No, no. Oh, no. Try. I I think they play the whole state of Tennessee. Abdallah. East Tennessee. West Tennessee. Southern Tennessee. Tennessee State. No, they don't. Who are the brothers of the poor from Tennessee? Who are the real patsies on Alabama's schedule? Is it two games a year, maybe? Yeah, it's uh, Uh, it's uh, Okay. Okay. Here comes. Sure. Here comes. Two games. Here goes right. It's not. Pulls November. Before you get to the Iron Bowl, what do you got? Troy, Troy Six weeks off? Got no, you guys and your... And your oh, my God. Troy? Your, uh, you got Troy on there, I'm sure. There's no Troy. There's yeah. no Troy. Which one of the Tennessees is being played? There's a Middle Tennessee State. There we go. Yeah, there it is. So they play... Mid, mid, oh. This upcoming year, they'll play Middle Tennessee State. No, 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 no. We're State. talking about last year. Okay, hold on. Let me go to last year. I Jesus Christ. They Wait. played uh, Austin P. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Patsy. Another Tennessee State. Name their mascot. Go ahead. Austin P. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 uh, the Red Raiders. The P something. The, P, the P's? The P's. The, the Austin P's? P's. It is the another governors. Tennessee school, They're the isn't governors. It? They're Are they the governors? Tennessee? Yeah. And uh, they also played uh, Louisiana Monroe. Okay. Oh, world beater. <laughs> All right. So, but that, that's two passes. But that's how everybody does it. Everybody in the SEC does it. And Saban has gone on record saying he wishes he could play an all-SEC schedule. Mm. So don't come at me with that. Hold on, let's pull up USC schedule if we really want to do yeah, this. I mean, it's a Pac-12 schedule. You got a couple. You got an easy, easy one year, early. Alabama opens with Middle Tennessee State Oof. or Middle Tennessee. Sorry, not State. Middle Tennessee, <laughs> and then they play uh, Chattanooga at the end of the year. All right, so a couple of Patsies. Year. You know, maybe three some years. Yeah, they also play uh, Texas, Texas A and M, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. Like these are it's all a real tough schools. Schedule. Yeah, those Ole are Miss. yeah. That's true. I mean, but I think that was Yurko's point. When you're in the meat of the schedule, it is tough. He's playing against quality competition. Uh, hold on. Since my brother played compl- there. Saban was complaining about, this, about the scheduling this year, too. I, I've got to go to the Notre Dame schedule. Well, Notre okay. Dame plays, I would say, well, a difficult schedule. Well, I don't Notre Dame know. plays a difficult schedule, <laughs> but know, they guys. also, like, they play I the ACC. Know. They play ACC teams, but yeah. they play a difficult schedule. They also don't have, like, a conference they can win. Right. Hold on yeah. here. Let's let's look at how difficult the schedule is. Uh, they've got the, the midshipmen of Navy coming in yeah, first. Navy's scrappy, though. Hold on. We're, Notre Dame themselves have found a Tennessee team to play. <laughs> Tennessee State. The Tigers. The who? Tennessee State. Tennessee State. Then they go NC State. Then they go all the way up into the uh, the Mac, the mighty Mac, the Central mighty. Michigan oh, Chippewas. Boy. All right. Then they get Duke. Of course, Duke's been tough on them a couple of years. Ohio State, though. Buckeyes, Duke. Year. Ohio Louisville, State, there you go. The they Trojans, played Ohio State this year. The Trojans of USC. Of course, played Trojans. Off week, then they play the mighty Pittsburgh Panthers, Clemson Tigers, See, off that's still... Wake Forest and Stanford. No, Wake. Yeah, but they got a couple Clemson. of patsies. All right, All right. well, so everybody's got Everyone a couple. has patsies. Everybody has got a the few. cupcakes. They do. I bet you Tennessee State doesn't have a lot of patsies no, on there. No, they play. Looks like they're just cashing checks left and right. They play. Brutal schedule. Yeah.
Uh, you guys want to talk about easy schedules? Congratulate Georgia on their national championship next year. Oh, is it really? Oh my god! Oh, god. It is. It is. is. It? They're they're U- likely to go undefeated. They start oh with god. UT yeah. Martin and Ball State. Jeez. Yeah, then it's they play easy. South Carolina, UAB. Oh my god! Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Georgia wow. Tech. Wow! Woof! <laughs> All right, hoodie, get ready. Uh, three straight <laughs> wow. undefeated seasons. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Excellent song. Happy Monday. It's Carmen and Yurko. Hope you had a nice weekend. We're live in the old National Bank State Street Studios on your home for the Bears and the White Sox. Exhilarating NFL talk already. 40 minutes in, Yurko. Covered some of the things from the Combine. Read you a lot of what Ryan Poles had to say to Peter King as they uh, met for about an hour in Ryan Poles' hotel suite in downtown Indianapolis for the Combine this past weekend. You can check out the whole thing at... Uh, Pro Football Talk, Football Morning in America. That's Peter's column. Tomorrow, day one of spring trading. It is back, Yurko. The next handful of Tuesdays will feature a bunch of mix-ups and change-ups here on ESPN Chicago. So you're working with Black, I think, in our regular slot, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're in the regular time slot? Yes, this time tomorrow. So it's Abdallah and Waddle in the morning, 7 to 10. 7 to 10. Hoodie and Sylvie, 10 to noon. 10 to noon. You and uh, Black, and then Cap and I will be 2 to 6. We get yeah. to cross-talk Oof. with you and... I heard that, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get the... That's a long show with Cap, boys. Oh, man. <laughs> Pack a lunch. I feel wow. pretty good. You might want to bring some so Brajol. What, what'd you do to Zetterman? I don't know. Yeah, Four hours a long time. <laughs> hey, he pulled Sylvie's name twice just to make sure he can get Sylvie up there. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a long time to work with Cap. But that, that's all right. We're going to have fun tomorrow, too. We'll get to cross-talk with you guys. I think uh, it was Danny's way of saying, you have to work a little extra since I'm gone two days this week at the end of the week. I think he was like, no, is you're working four hours. I think yeah. so. I have a feeling the whole thing is rigged. I, I feel like Danny well, just I don't, of, I don't think so. They no. did it live on the air here. Yeah. So anybody that was down here saw I mean, it happen. They, they rigged the, they, if they can rig the NBA lottery, how hard is it to rig spring trading? I mean, Do you think that your, the name with your piece of paper was put in like the I freezer before? Like, yeah, frozen yeah, envelope. Yeah, he knows yeah. Frozen piece cold. of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's rigged. Put aside so he yeah. doesn't grab it. I think it's all well, rigged. Do you feel like it was rigged last year? <sighs> I, think I think Danny wanted me to work with Cap once. Last yeah, year. I think so too. Because he knows I can yeah. I get under that there skin. There were also yeah. some limitations yeah. last year of because people had schedules after. Yeah, that's work. right. There were lifting programs. Right. There and were whatnot some things that we had to work around. Lifting programs. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly what was what. That's what it was. I knew there were limitations. That's amazing. So, I would love if if Hood did the entire two hours as Sylvie. As Sylvie. Back that to might, Sylvie. That might drive just Sylvie, Sylvie on Sylvie. That, might be, that would be very funny. Bananas, though. I don't know. I'm sure Hoodie will, for a segment. Hoodie will have something fun in store for tomorrow. So that's uh, that's the lineup for Manana. It's going to be different. And then we'll do it again the Tuesday after the Tuesday that. After. And the Tuesday after that. The 14th. It's a big Tuesday. Why is it? It'll be fun. Because next day I'm off on my way. Oh, you're because the minute free agency starts. NFL free agency starts. Where's your call?
Uh, free agency. Golfing and playing. Free agency really starts a week from today, doesn't it? The tampering window opens a week from today. You'll know pretty much everything on that that that. 13th. On the Monday the, and Tuesday. It's right. one of the biggest days in Bears history, and Yurko's just, nope, I'm out. He's like, I'm out. I'm going to Pinehurst. <laughs> biggest day in Bears history. They've got the most money. This is, this is the arguably... The draft is bigger. This is arguably the biggest year in, in yes, Bears it's history. it's the biggest offseason, yes. Yeah. That's okay. He's here for most of it. He's gone he for is. a few days. No, no. I'm trying to think about that statement. It's the biggest. Is it only because it's the next one? No. This is that is why it's far. the biggest? This is. I think this is without a doubt the most important They have the number one pick and they have the, the most money. Let's say, yeah, come on. They're Jacksonville last year. They are. Right? J-Bell yes. had the most money last year. They had the number one pick. Or didn't they? Uh, was it no. two years ago uh, they had the number one no, pick. No, they did have number. They had back-to-back one. Didn't they take Walker number one? Yeah. Didn't they yeah. have back-to-back they back number one picks? Yeah. Walker. Trayvon Walker. Oh, yes, okay. you're 100 percent right. I think they had back I it to was back. Walker, Texas Ranger. It was not. It Walker. definitely wasn't Chuck Norris. This is the most important offseason in Bears history. Now, if he fails, it'll turn out to be nothing. Like the most significant, oh, it'll be catastrophic. If he fails, as we look at Bears history now, the most significant off season in Bears history, would you say Yerk was? 83, because what they came away with in the draft that year yes. and what it laid the foundation for. Yes. You know, maybe the Butkus Sayers, but, you know, as great as those two were, and they're like two of the all time, you know, they stunk. Probably, they stunk. That's a 1965 draft right. where they got Butkus and Sayers. They're probably like two of the 25 greatest players of all time, mm-hmm. regardless of position, right. and somehow the Bears stunk. So was it meaningful to Bears fans? I don't know. It predates me. I'm sure it was. I certainly can remember the older guys talking about what it was like watching Buckus and Sayers. But they always followed it up with, but the team stunk. Yes, because they did. 83 nets them Jimbo. Everything. And Dent. And who else? Was Hilgi? Bortz. Bortzy. They, right? There Wasn't that that entire Willie class? Galt. Willie Galt. They had two first-round picks that year. The, the whole thing is crazy. I mean, and so it lays the foundation for... You know, a, a good season in 84 a year later, and then 85, and of course they're awesome again in 86. Unfortunately, we know how it ended. But it lays the foundation for what the mid to late 80s was. So that's Here probably... Here goes. You ready? Yeah. Covert, call, uh, Jim Covert, Willie Galt, Mike Richardson, Dave Dorson with a star. Okay, had made at least one Pro Bowl. Maybe. Tom Thayer. Yeah. I mean... Pat Dunsmore. Richard Dent, Bortz, and after that, there's not much of anything else. Was Hilgi a free agent? At- Hilgi was a free agent, but I don't know which year. Okay, okay. But yes, All right. he was so a free like, agent. Think about that. You're, you're talking about starters across the board on what was arguably the best single season in you know NFL history. And I think Thayer went to play in um, the USFL. Uh, that I think you might be right about that. Yes, Thayer went to play in the NFL, uh, the USFL, and I don't know if... Dewarson didn't do the same thing. Don't remember. Yeah, you would have to. I'd have to double check that. You'd have yeah. on that if he did. Don't remember. But like that's the most significant. This potentially could be if the Bears do it right. So I do think it's the most important off season, as it's like we've reached this critical, you know, potential turning point with this new sharp, successful president that is. Very well accomplished already in the NFL and in his professional life. And this young GM that you hope is doing things right and all this draft capital and hopefully they only continue to add to that. Oh, and all this money to spend in free agency. And hopefully, I know it's a lot of hope, folks. 
hopefully Justin Fields finally being the quarterback that we've always looked for and hoped for and longed for, and maybe a new stadium. I mean, Polls even talked about that when talking to Peter King about where this franchise is headed right now and all the exciting things that are happening. And if they don't screw it up, we could finally be, we finally, like 10 years from now, could say we experienced the golden era. We finally experienced the golden era of Bears. I don't want to hear about the 40s. I can't do it. I can't. You I can't talk about it. a golden era uh, that existed before my father was born. I don't want to hear about the fo- about 1942's right. team. Well, we just don't and, know. And of right. course not. Yeah, you don't know. And so I don't want to hear about it. So it's time for a golden era. The Blackhawks just had theirs. The Cubs had theirs. The Bulls, of course, had theirs. The White Sox will never have a golden I mean, era it, as it, long it, as Jerry Reinsdorf owns the it team. It was a good run here. I mean, 10, 13, yes. 15. 16. Yeah. It was 05 and 06. The Bears went to the Super Bowl and the White Sox won a World Series. I mean, it was a pretty yeah. nice run. Okay, but for 12 years. But you didn't 12 years. The, the Hawks and the Cubs have just had their golden era. Right. The Bulls certainly had theirs. The golden of all golden eras. In the eras. 90s. Yes. I mean, it's been a while, but and like I said, the White Sox won't have one. They just won't. They don't, they're not a properly run organization and they won't have one. As long the as last time the Bears had one was in the eighties. Yeah, I guess. Well, it did, and it came up a little bit short. Seventy three and eighteen, they were over like the next five right. five years. Yeah, the Bears were seventy three and eighteen. Yeah, they didn't lose. Pretty a lot. amazing. They didn't lose in the playoffs. They did. Yeah, to Joe Gibbs. Yeah, they found a way. And Joe Montana, Joe uh, Walsh, Bill Walsh, and Joe Gibbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two pretty good coaches. I know the I coach know. couldn't get there. I know. And then I the beginning it. of the end was Wilbur Marshall. Yes, it was going to the Washington Redskins. It certainly was, York. But it's time for like a re- like. Come on, let's go, and you know they potentially could be. You know they they could be getting there if they do this right so this yeah, offseason. Hilgenberg was nineteen eighty one free agent undrafted oh, so twelve rounds eighty one. But Two three of those pieces came that year: Thayer, uh, Thayer, Covert, and, and Bortz. Bortz. I mean, both your guards, sixty percent, and the tackle. And I forget when Van Horn got there. I want to say 82 yeah, was Van Horn. Does probably. that sound right? The year before. So there you go. All your pieces were brought in together in three years. You're starting offensive line for the better part of five seasons. That was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll get back out and grab some of your phone calls. This Bears off season, how it's got you feeling. If you're excited, reading some of the stuff from polls after this weekend, I think they're going to get a haul for this thing. I hope we're, we're right. Those of us that think that's the way this is going to go down, I really hope they get a haul for it. And, Move out of number one. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting. Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN one thousand. Carmen and Yurko. Cross talk in an hour and ten. Jesse Rogers at one fifteen. Mike Clevenger exonerated will not be suspended by Major League Baseball. Talk about some other spring training things with Jesse coming up here. Uh, NFL Combine risers, stock risers. Yurko, according to Mel, who's Piper. on the way up, Carm? All right, I'm going to give you a few names. We Ooh, talked about this guy about on the way up. We talked about. Which guy is it, Carm? Come on. Talk to me about who's making it up to the top. Give me some guys that are climbing the charts. We talked about Nolan Smith on Friday because yeah. Thursday he had such a great 40 time. Right. 4 3 9. 
40-yard dash, put up a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical and a 10-foot-eight broad jump. He's 240 pounds. I mean, like, man. come on, man. But these guys are crazy. He's, he's moving. Marvin Mims, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, because he's small, so he needs elite speed, right, Yerk? Yes. How about a 4-3-8-40? That's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? Also, for a little guy, how about a 39-and-a-half-inch vert? That's good, too. Yeah. I feel That's like. getting right? up there. That's right. You're getting up there, man. Always remember, though, the taller guys don't need to have that big of a vertical to get even higher. Yeah. Because of their wingspan. Yeah. Their arms you know are saying? longer, Arms usually. are longer, taller. Yeah. So that number, whatever that smaller, number. I get you, but yeah. whatever that number is from how tall is that is your number, then you measure it up against anybody else mm-hmm. and see, okay, is that a, it's a great number. It's fantastic. Yeah. Shows what kind of explosiveness he has. Right. But whatever that top end number is, a taller guy doesn't have to have that big of a vertical jump. Yeah. And how many times do you see guys catching balls at the top of the apex when they're jumping, when they're getting bumped? Can they get to 39 inches for a vertical know, jump question. when they're doing it free and easy? Or is the maximum in-contact vertical jump one can have while running 32, 30 inches? Right. So that's all got to be taken into it account. It does. That's, that's why I doing. want the guy with, like, the bigger, longer arms probably because he doesn't require what you just said. Yes. That max vert. Right. For like A lot of what he can do is close to the ground. Yeah. Doesn't need to be all the way up in the sky. Yeah. Not to say small people haven't been able to it's do like things. It's like T. Higgins. Yeah. Like, T's got such a freakishly big body, and, those, you know, it's like he doesn't have to max vert or have a 40-inch vert, and he's going to go up and high point well, the ball because of his size and his strength. Or Mike Evans, Adams. Mike or, Evans was that way, Mike and I was Ad- wrong yeah, on it, Mike Evans right yeah. here. First guy to admit and raise his hand that he was wrong on Mike Evans right In here. In fairness. Made a mistake. I believe you're. Boomer bust. Yeah, you said he's either going to be awesome go, or he's, he's going to stink. The classic boomer bust guy. And he boomed. Yeah, he boomed. I know you were You were like, I don't I was, know about this but guy. But if I had the wager yeah. on what side it was going to be, I would have put my money on the bust side. Yeah. So I appreciate you trying to defend me. He boomed. But I definitely didn't. I, I was not a big Fan yeah, of we all what he has going on. Yeah, I, listen, I can admit I We miss. all miss. I got no problems missing. Now you got to learn from the miss. Right. You learn from the miss. Yep. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, fast riser. Everybody knows he's going to be a top 15. The receiver out of Ohio State. Correct. Even though he missed pretty much all of last year because of that hamstring injury. He had a hammy. But what they did, what he did do, he's not, he didn't do the 40. He's doing that at Ohio State's Pro Day, York. But. He led all receivers in Indy this weekend with a 6.5 second three cone and a 3.93 short shuttle. Mel writes, those are quick. 3.93? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, those are quick, and he italicized that numbers. The explosiveness is all over his 2021 tape, and he was effortless in receiving drills, snatching the ball out of the air and being silky smooth out of his break. So he's going. I mean, it's, he'll be a top 12 pick probably. So we know that. Brian Brisey, who's overcome a lot here the last couple of years, injury, the death of his sister. Defensive lineman? Yeah, the DT had a tackle uh, out of Clemson, excuse me. It's nice to see him have such a good weekend. He ran well. He was sub 4'9 in his 40-yard dash. Um, I mean, he's nearly 300 pounds, so the kid can scoot a little bit. He did a lot of other things well, too. It's nice to see him rising. Stetson Bennett, like we said earlier, Waddle joked, he even stayed out of the Indy jails. So that was good. Good for Stetson Bennett. And then a plethora of Big Ten guys. How about DJ Turner out of Michigan, the corner? I think he had the fastest uh, 40 time of the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, fourth fastest at the Combine since 03. And, yeah, I think it was the fastest was this it, weekend. 4-2-1? 4 2 Yeah. 
for DJ Turner. The kid you were talking about, who I butcher his name, AA from uh, Northwestern. Yes. He made Mel's list of, you know, biggest stock up from the weekend, the North uh, Western defensive end. Right. Because he had that blazing 40 And, and when it time. was happening, I brought it up the next day. I go, what, what, what's going on? I go, yeah. why was that team that bad? If they yeah. had a stud like this defensively, well, one guy doesn't make a defense, that's for sure. But then I'd turn on the Northwestern film against one of the better teams they played, and I want to see him stand out. Mm-hmm. I want to see him being a difference maker. So I've yet to look at a tape from yeah, Northwestern. You need to do that. I'll do my homework close to the draft. Right now we got free agency. And then one of three uh, defensive backs from Illinois that are going to be drafted, and that was Jartavius Martin who uh, Mel writes, the safeties didn't really impress all that much, but I'll highlight Martin. His 11-foot-1 broad jump, wow, and 44-inch vert and 147 10-yard split ranked first amongst all the safeties in attendance. His 446 40-yard dash was third. Those are good numbers for the 5-foot-11, 194-pound Martin, who was also impressive in the on-field drills. So uh, there you go, a little Big Ten flavor and some of the High risers and uh, the fast risers from this weekend in the combine. Thurwood, a third, a third wood, excuse me, is in Cal County. Is this third, third, third wood. This, that's a good one. Third hey, wood, uh, Carm, you got to do your radio partner a, a solid tomorrow, and have crosstalks got to last forty five minutes I, or so. You'll blow your brains out in four hours. I'm going to ask him. For, I was going to plan on that. <laughs> Thurwood, you're a hundred percent right. Thank you. I was going to try to make sure that Black and uh, Yurko are here till about 2.40. Yurk, don't we have a lunch date? I think we no, do. No, no, no. Don't uh, we have a 205? meeting? We got a meeting about uh, yeah, something. Yeah, Danny uh, wants to talk yeah, to us. Some yeah, some podcast we're thinking yeah. about doing. Yeah. Yeah. Black and Yurk. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's 158 we're out of here. Yeah, yeah. Or a little early. You wish. But we'll do a little extended. Do an early break. Joe's on 94. What up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, so I was listening to some of the names you guys were dropping. Uh, one of the guys that stood out to me was the tight end from Georgia, Darnell Washington. He's yeah. the guy that uh, he's like six seven. He pushed that flood like it was nothing. Yeah, and then I saw at that. The end guys the, were struggling with it, and he's just moving that thing like seven eight yards. Yeah, and then he had that one handed catch to end the the, uh, the tight end drills uh, near the sideline over there. I mean, he looked pretty good to me. I just was wondering what you guys thought. I didn't see. I mean, and, and uh, so I don't know, Joe. I mean, Yurko obviously saw that that highlight too. Um, I saw him pushing the sled car. Yeah, you know, look at these guys are again. They're impressive freaks. It's the Underwear Olympics. It's fun, and we the, get to sled. Run, and I'm yeah. glad guys rise, but and you the always got to go double check. The sled don't move. No, when you go to block the sled, it don't move. On well, the sled, the popsicle sled. Yeah. You know, for tackling drills. Yeah, the popsicle drill don't move either. Mm. The, yeah, the sled doesn't move. And guess what happens when you're in the real world. They move. Guys move. Running backs move. Yes. Guys are actually moving and yeah. fighting back. Offense doesn't fight back. Defensive linemen don't just stand there and say, come in my chest. Jesse Rogers at 115. And we got to spend a little time coming up remembering one of our favorite guys and one of our former teammates here at ESPN Chicago. We'll do that when we come back next.